Good morning. Good to see you this morning. If you are a guest of ours, I want to welcome you personally. I'm so glad that you chose to be with us today. Uh, as Bert said, kind of a special day here. It's Sunday. We're worshiping God today. Special day. Glad you're here. We have started this year uh, by going through starting a sermon series that we've been calling Meant for More and talking about spiritual growth. Talking about the idea that as Christians, we are definitely meant for more. We're going to put that series on hold for two weeks. Next Sunday, uh, George Klein is going to be sharing a report from the India mission trip that just, uh, the team that just got back. I'm kind of humming up here. Uh, might turn me down just a little bit. Thanks. Uh, the India mission team got back a few weeks ago and we're excited to hear some of the details about that. Sounds like they had some challenges that they weren't expecting and sounds like they had some opportunities they weren't expecting as well. So I hope you're making plans to be here next Sunday uh, to share in that uh, report from that work that this congregation has been part of for a long time. Which brings us to today. Today is Baby Sunday. And it's a pretty special day today at uh, Bay Area as well. Every year about this time, we try to recognize and honor and bless the very newest members of the Bay Area family, those children who have been born the previous year. So in just a few minutes, you're going to get a chance to meet all the babies that were born in 2017, which means if you're a parent and you have a child in the nursery, in about 10 or 15 minutes, go get them. Uh, and Will's like, really? Come on. Because we want to meet him in a few minutes. I want to set up some thoughts first, though, by sharing a little bit of a personal story with you. Um, there's a few of you in this uh, building this morning that have known me long enough to know me from a, a previous life. Um, believe it or not, going into ministry has not always been my life's dream. It's become my passion, but it wasn't always my life's dream and my life's plan. In fact, for 15 years, I worked with my father at Harold's Feed Store right down here in Dover. Uh, we sold Purina feed, sold all kinds of feed really to all kinds of animals. And you living in Tampa know that uh, one thing that Tampa is sort of known for is greyhound racing. What you might not know is between Dover and Plant City, there used to be a greyhound training facility. They kept a lot of dogs there, a lot of greyhounds that they would train to run. Uh, the older dogs ate red meat. The younger dogs, they were, they were in training. The, the puppies ate a real high-quality puppy food, and I sold it to them. So, which means every couple weeks, me and Jim Lazzarino would deliver a couple tons of puppy food to this facility. And over the years, I got to know the people there pretty well. Now, I'm not really recommending that all of you run out of here and head to the dog track, but I got to tell you, greyhounds are smoking fast. Really interesting to watch them run because they're just bred for speed, just instinctively. They run fast. However, instinctively, they don't run fast around a track. They've got to be trained to run around a track. They do, however, instinctively chase a rabbit. 
And one day I'm there at this uh, facility and I'm watching these people train these dogs and they're, they're running these dogs. And you know how it works. They have a mechanical rabbit that goes around the inside of the track and, and these greyhounds chase after that rabbit. And we're watching these dogs run and on the back stretch of the track, the mechanical rabbit just stops. Something happened, something misfired, and this rabbit just stopped. Now, what does a greyhound do when there's no rabbit to chase? Well, I will tell you. <laughs> a couple of them went through the fence on the back side of the, the, the track. I don't know where they were headed, but they were making a break for it. And people were like, hey, get those dogs, get those dogs. One of them just laid down in the middle of the track. He was tired. Uh, a couple of them stared at the rabbit. A couple of them started barking. I'll tell you what they didn't do. Not a single one of them finished the race. None of them kept running around the track to finish the race. As soon as there was no rabbit to chase, the race meant nothing to them. They didn't have a reason to run anymore. They quit. What does that have to do with the Bible or honoring families? Let me share with you a passage you're going to be familiar with. This is Paul talking to his uh, uh, mentee, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul, at the very end of his life, is able to say with great confidence, I've finished the race. I made it all the way to the end. And I'm convinced the reason that he is able to say that to Timothy is because Paul had a reason to run. Paul had a rabbit to chase. See, if we don't have a reason to run the race set before us, if we have no motivation, if we have no real purpose, we're going to end up like those dogs that you know, are trying to figure out what to do when the rabbit stops. We'll wander off in some different direction. Or we'll just lay down and, and take it as easy as we can. Or we'll start barking. We'll start complaining. Proverbs chapter 29 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And we see this in our lives all the time. I mean, you don't even have to be a Bible person to kind of witness this in life. You know, if there's no dream, no goal, no vision, no, no revelation for your marriage, it's really easy for your marriage to get off track. If there's no dream, no goal, no vision, no revelation for your finances, it's easy to find yourself living sort of paycheck to paycheck. If there's no dream, no goal, no vision, no revelation for your physical body, well, it's hard to stay in shape. And if there's no dream, no goal, no vision, no revelation for your family, it's really difficult to raise godly kids. Now, we are all in this race. Some of us are a little bit closer to the finish line than others, but we're all in a race. We've got to stay focused on the reason why we're running and the importance of what's going on around us, what we're attempting to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, again, this is Paul writing. Remember that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. You also must run in such a way that you'll win. I love that Paul says, run in such a way that you'll win. 
You play to win the game. Run to win the prize. All athletes practice strict self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I'm not like a boxer who misses his punches. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Again, Paul is trying to, to impress upon us the importance of training, the reason that we run, the goal to achieve. There's a prize to win. We've got to make it to the finish line. And for those of you with children, those of you with young children or grandchildren, the stakes could not be higher. We have to stay focused on those things that are most important. You know, there's rabbits that, that we need to chase, which of course begs the, the question, okay, what is the rabbit? What do we need to be focused on? What do we need to be, um, what's our agenda? What's our vision? I don't know what rabbit you have been chasing these last couple months or years. There's a lot of rabbits out there. We get locked in our careers. You know, we all have deadlines. We all have commitments. We all have to perform. We all have to provide. And sometimes we get so locked in our careers that that's the only rabbit that we see. And maybe it's a, a personal relationship that you're locked in on. You know, personal relationships take work. And they take effort and they take time, whether it's a, a marriage or you're dating or there's a friendship or co-workers. Maybe you're trying to, to build a relationship. Maybe you're trying to salvage a relationship. But it's so easy to get so locked in on that thing that we don't really notice anything else that's going on around us. And then when we're talking about families, especially young families, man, the list seems almost endless of things that are trying to demand our attention. You know, kids come with their own truckload of angst and apprehension. Now, how can I make sure they're healthy? What percentile is my baby in? Now, what diet does he need to be eating? What, what, uh, you know, what school can I get him into? And I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about preschool. What class? I want him in the best class with the best teacher. What instrument should we be kind of pressing our, our children into trying? What sport do we need our children to be involved in? As parents, we get locked into all these rabbits that we chase. And let me be real honest, I've chased them all. Okay? Hey, given the choice between my child having a good experience and a poor experience, of course, I want them to have a good experience. I want my kids to be well-rounded and, and productive. But, but let me take you back to that famous statement that Paul made to his friend Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. This isn't a young Paul writing here. This is an older man. He's looking back with the, the clarity of hindsight, and he's summarizing his accomplishments. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And notice what Paul doesn't say next. Paul doesn't say, now finally I'm going to be installed as the president of the School of Theology of Jerusalem. No, all that study's finally paid off. And he doesn't say, now finally I get to retire. I get to take it easy. He doesn't say that. Here's what he says. Here's what he's laser focused on. 
Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul really was a brilliant guy. And Paul knew people. And Paul understood the, the things that people loved to chase. He understood the draw of money and power and comfort and good health. Read his letters. He writes about those kind of things all the time. But looking back on kind of a, a very eventful life, this wild ride that was Paul's life with, with a lot of highs and some really devastating lows, here's what he says he's been focused on. Here's what he's been chasing. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. He says, not just me, you too. You too, if you long for his appearing. Okay, again, what does that really have to do with Baby Sunday? Talked about greyhound, greyhound dogs and, and old men. Let me share with you one more verse. It's a verse that I think gives a, a really simple, powerful vision, kind of an agenda to pursue. It's the book of Colossians. Again, this is Paul writing, and he very succinctly, very clearly says, We proclaim him. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. You want a rabbit worth chasing? You want something to focus on? We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, to present everyone perfect in Christ. That's what Paul was locked in on. That was his agenda. Christ and Him crucified. That was His goal. That was His vision. That's what the race meant to Him. I want to tell you about Jesus. Let me introduce you to Jesus. I want to present you perfect in Christ. And again, we don't usually use that verse when we're talking about raising children. But let me speak to you parents for just a minute, especially you young parents. As Christians, we have a God-given mandate, all of us, to proclaim Jesus. To tell other people about Jesus. To introduce them to Jesus. Tell them the good news. Our, our agenda, our focus as Christians is to proclaim Jesus. But I'm going to be very honest with you. There have always been three names at the top of my list. There's always been three very special people that I have been really focused on as far as introducing them to Jesus. And that's been my three children. And now as an older guy, as a grandfather... There's three more names at the top of my list. I desperately want my grandchildren to fall in love with Jesus. And I'm, like Paul, I'm going to labor. And I'm going to struggle with all His energy because I can't do it myself. I need God. And I need your help as well to proclaim Jesus to, to my children, my grandchildren, to your children and your grandchildren. I can't tell you how important it is that, that, that our children be presented in Christ. We know, how, uh, we know how, how important it is to hear Bay Area. We have this fantastic children's minister. We have a fantastic youth minister. But mom and dad, no one's going to influence a child like you will. God's entrusted us with these precious little souls. And our, our goal, our charge for our children has got to be Whatever it takes to help them fall in love with Jesus. Well, 
Today's Baby Sunday. We're starting to lose a few of them, I can tell. So we're going to celebrate God's goodness, God's love, and God's gift of life. Uh, and we're going to meet these babies. But before we do that, Dorothy Gomez has, has uh, made a little video, that a uh, short video that I want you to take a look at and just see if it doesn't put a smile on your face. Let's run that video. <laughs> 